What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Newt News Podcast. Unfortunately, Josh isn't with us today. Me and Andrew are holding down the fort here. There's been a little bit of a change of plans. Uh, we were planning on talking about Bloom. We've tabled that. Uh, we're going to get to that another time. Uh, but today we're going to be going through some of the other teams in the Central. So we're going to be talking about mostly Cincinnati and Milwaukee. If you guys have any questions, feel free to throw them in. Also, if you want to make any jokes about specific shortstop prospects, you know that we're always down for that too. Um, yeah, I had to get it you know, out of the way at the beginning, Andrew. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a really fun time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so um, diving right on in, uh, which team do you want to start with, Sandy? Uh, let's start. Uh, let's start with the Reds. I think they're going to be. Uh, no, no, we'll save the Reds for later. I think they're worth taking a little more seriously. So let's start with Pittsburgh, I guess. You mean oh, the Brewers? Man. Oh wait, we're doing the Brewers. Yeah. Why do I think we're doing Pittsburgh? Never mind. Yeah, yeah, let's start with the Brewers. I take the Reds more seriously than the Brewers too. So we'll save Pittsburgh yeah, for so, later. So this off season, the Brewers they non tendered Brandon Woodruff. And they non-tendered Rowdy Telez. So that's a, the couple of um, big names that are no longer with them. Uh, they re-signed Wade Miley to a one-year deal. They re-signed – or they brought in Joe Ross um, as another option for the rotation. They extended Exciting their super prospect Jackson Churio to an eight-year deal. Hopefully that blows up for them. Hopefully. Um, yeah. It's my own personal biases, but it's okay. Um, Eric Haas agreed to a one-year contract. Um, and Austin Nola, minor league contract. Um, the big signing, though, uh, was Reese Hoskins, who they agreed to a two-year deal um, with an opt-out after year one last offseason. Mm-hmm. A couple of trades they made, Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor were traded to the Mets, um, and that Mark Hanna was traded to the Tigers. Um, so a lot of moves for the Brewers, a lot of a lot of shakeups um, for that team. Uh, do you think they got better or worse this offseason, Sandy? I mean, there's a lot of moves, but I think it's a lot of noise. I I think the Brewers are probably going to take a step backwards. Uh, One big thing that we didn't mention here is they lost their manager, um, which a lot of people have said, you know, that's a big deal. He's one of the guys around the league that kind of generates that buzz that a lot of managers don't. Uh, It seems that people really do assign value to him. So Craig Council, just all around the league, guys seem to think that he adds three or four wins to whatever team he's on. And so they're not going to have him. Uh, I think that's also worth mentioning. So have they've named his replacement, right? I think so. Have yeah, it was like not? an internal option. It was an um, internal. It wasn't like a big name. So Yeah, no, it wasn't a huge deal. It wasn't like they went out and got someone huge. Um, so I think that's also worth mentioning. But even without that, I just think their roster has gotten worse. Like you look at who's not there anymore. Um, this Brewers team is now – I mean – Woodruff, one of the bigger names that they've had there. That's a big deal. Um, also, like their bullpen's gotten worse, in my opinion, as well. They let Andrew Chafin walk. Uh, Eric Lauer, guy who's been a really nice depth option for them, elected free agency after being DFA'd at the end of the season. He's also gone. Um, they traded Ashby, right? So uh, that kind Hauser. of. They, oh, you're right. They traded Hauser. Never mind. But still, 
Like Hauser's one of those guys they were thinking was going to be a big deal for that team. And they've let a lot of those guys go. Um, so no, I don't see that much to love about the Brewers, especially not compared to last year. Now they will still have Burns and Peralta. And if they can stay healthy, the Brewers will have, you know, the best one, two punch in the NL central, but can they do that? They haven't done that recently. So. Yeah. Um, I kind of in, in the same camp, I think they should have traded Corbin Burns to, to recoup some of that value. I actually think the Reese Hoskins move, this is going to come back to bite me. I know it, but the Reese Hoskins move reminds me a lot of the Jock Peterson signing for the Cubs back in 2021. Um, kind of a last ditch effort to try to contend with their core um, before they kind of have to blow it up. You know, I feel like Burns um, might be traded at the deadline. Adamus might go at the deadline. Hoskins might go at the deadline. Um, a lot of these guys that we've come to to know and recognize from the Brewers organization might end up having to be traded at the deadline if they're not contending uh, midway through the season. And I feel like they're relying very heavily on Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta to be healthy. I think Peralta, they, they were both, um, Peralta was healthy last year. Burns had a couple of issues. Yeah. Um, so like it could go really, really poorly with them for them if one of those guys goes down. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that that's something I'm hoping for. Obviously, you never root for injuries, but their, their depth seems to be a little bit lacking um, in that regard. And I feel like if it goes badly for them, we're going to see the Brewers blow it up at the deadline, and that would make me really, really happy. Yeah, I mean, that would be crazy, but I think you're right. It, it definitely feels like the Brewers' window opened when all this young pitching kind of came together at the same time. And, you know, everyone was saying, oh, the Brewers have three aces, and that's great. They, they've done a lot of winning with that. You know, they've been to the postseason a lot over the last several years. Um, but yeah, this is kind of the end of an era in Milwaukee. Now, the question is whether they can retain any of this pitching talent. And I think the answer is probably no. Corbin Burns, uh, when he hits the market, is going to be the best, the best pitcher available. He was probably the best pitcher available, available this offseason. I'm not sure he was ever available at any point in time. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's going to get a mega deal and I don't think the Brewers are going to be competitive in that. They've never done that before. I guess they paid up to retain Yelich, but that was kind of different. Yelich was like at that point in time, arguably a top three player in all of baseball. He was someone that you had to keep. Although there's a chance that Burns is that too. He is really good. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The Brewers, they're not in a great spot. And I think you're right. Although I like the Hoskins deal a little bit more. And I think that's just because I'm higher on Reese Hoskins than a lot of people. Um, I think he's got the potential to be a difference maker. And I think, you know, a two-year deal with him, I thought he was going to get something longer. Obviously, the injury plays into this a little bit. You don't know what he's going to be like. It was an Achilles injury, right? Yeah. You don't know what he's going to be like post-surgery. Um, so this is really nice to have him on such a low-risk deal. And I think the ceiling for him, obviously, is very, very high. But... I think you're right. The Brewers coming to the end of an era, a window is closing, but unfortunately for us, the farm system is really good. So that window is going to open right back up in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about Jackson Trurio and what, what to expect from him. Cause you're the big prospect guy. I know yeah. the Brewers, were they the ones who had, um, I can't remember his name, Lewis Brinson. They were, they were the ones who had him before they traded him to Miami. Correct. Correctly. So, um, yeah. That's the guy I always draw comparison to because I think it would be really funny if they turn out the same, especially after small market team extends a guy like that. But I feel like it's that's probably not going to happen with with him. Yeah, no, they were the the team that had Brinson. Unfortunately for him, just you know, 
tough cookies at the big league level for Branson. Now he's playing in the NPB. Um, but Churio is a special prospect. There's there's not much more you can say about him than that. He's a true five-tool guy. Uh, I've got his page up on MLB Pipeline, which isn't the best for evaluating individual prospects. But this will just give you guys kind of an idea of how good he is. Uh, he's got a 55 hit tool, a 60 power tool, a 70 run tool, a 45 arm tool, and a 60 field tool. Overall, they give him in a value of about 65, which is consistent with the guys who are the very best prospects in all of baseball. So evaluators seem to think this kid is really special, and he is. Um, if you look at what he's done, he just has dominated the minors, and he's done so at such a young age, too. That's what's so impressive. I'm pulling up some of his statistics here, but, like, gosh – Churio now is, yeah, I want to say he's only 19. He's got a chance to reach the big leagues as a teenager, which is something that just a lot of players don't do. Um, you've got to be special to do that. I think Rafael Devers might have done that. I know, obviously, Juan Soto was up and mashing as a teenager, but he's one of the best hitters we've ever seen. Uh, but, yeah, that's who Churio is as a prospect. He is special, and it's going to be a real shame for the Cardinals when he finally reaches the big leagues. Uh, last year, again, as a teenager, he slashed 333, 375, 476 for an 851 OPS at AAA, although that was only in a handful of games. Uh, more complete line of work at AA, 280, 336, 467 for an 803 OPS uh, with 22 bombs. And again, that's as, you know, an eight year or 18 year old playing at AA. So that is just really freaking impressive. Um, he's special. It's a great deal for the Brewers to lock him into. Kind of reminds me of that model the Braves have where you extend your young prospects, make sure they stick around. Trio's going to be there for eight years, so they've at least bought out all of his arbitration, and depending on if he's a super two player or not, um, which he probably will be, uh, at least one, maybe two years of free agency. So, Yep, uh, that's unfortunate that the Cardinals are going to have to deal with with that. Hopefully they can lock up Jordan Walker to a similar extension um, at some point in the next year because I'm like really high on Jordan Walker now and I'm really excited for him. Tell uh, us about that. <laughs> yeah, um, well, Jordan Walker has been, been working out a lot this offseason with Jose Okendo down in Jupiter. Um, that's what they were saying at winter warm-up, um, and they're really excited for him to make strides defensively, and he's been working on raising his launch angle. Um, and he's also put out put on a significant amount of muscle um, this offseason, so like he's going to be even stronger than he was last year. So if he starts hitting the ball even harder than he is, um, and if he starts like elevating the ball, that's going to be really, really big um, for the Cardinals this year. Um, and you know, I want to lock them up or lock him up um, before before he becomes a little bit, bit too expensive. Um, but that's that's just um, we, we could see something something going wrong with that. But I feel like with Jordan Walker, he can't really miss. Yeah, the Cardinals have been really hesitant to make those kinds of moves in recent years. I think they feel kind of snake bitten by the Paul DeYoung contract where it's like you lock DeYoung up. You think it's a great deal. Really young kid has that great first half in 2019 and then like changed a lot as a player after that, you know, struck out a lot more, stopped drawing the walks and stopped hitting for as much power. And the average plummeted. That was the big problem with DeYoung. You never knew if he was going to hit over 210 in a given season. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I kind of wish the Cardinals were more interested in making those kinds of moves. Uh, as soon as the Brewers did it, my first thought was, yeah, that's a steal. Like this is a guy who could make up to $30 million in a year in arbitration at some point. Uh, obviously that's projecting way out into the future and that's talking about his fifth or sixth year in the big leagues. 
but players like this five tool guys, they're special. Um, and there's every chance that he would have outmade this later on and getting the free agent years. Amazing. You retain extra control. You also ensure, and this is a little more interesting that he's actually worth less when he hits the free agent market, because instead of being like Juan Soto, who's going to be 25 and a free agent, he's going to be 27 or 28. Uh, so now you guarantee that he's worth a little bit less. Maybe that means way in the future, the Brewers can actually be in on that. And it could also mean they could secure an extension more easily. Um, so a lot of stuff to think about there. But back to the Brewers, I guess, not talking so much about Churio. The rest of the farm system is also pretty strong. Uh, the Brewers have tr- several top 100 prospects, including, and this is the old list on MLB Pipeline. I don't have access to Prospectus or Baseball Americas because... I do not have the paid subscriptions right now, um, but they've got Jefferson Caro. He's an interesting catcher who's number 32 overall. Jacob Mizurowski, who I know has been moved down a bit, but he's a guy that a lot of people like. Big pitcher, six foot seven, uh, right-hander. He's got a chance to be an impact pitcher for them in the near future. Tyler Black's a really good corner infielder. So their farm is deep. It's probably a little bit better than the Cardinals farm last year. I'm not sure what things will look like this year. The Cardinals farm had a nice second half, um, but I think the Brewers are well positioned for a youth movement. Should they sell off pieces? Yeah. Um, I feel like they're going to get right back into contention, kind of similar to another team that we're about to talk about um, that has sell off. Um, and then now they're back into contention a lot earlier than we thought they would be. Um, and that's the Reds. Do you want to start the discussion on the Reds right now? Cause I have a lot of things to say. Yeah, like the Brewers are just kind of a we can we can do a little bit more on the Brewers and kind of project win totals, I guess. They're just kind of a, a boring ball club this year. You know, it, it feels like they're in a weird spot. I personally don't see them getting to 90 wins again. I'd be really surprised. I think the Brewers right now have the feeling of like an 84 win team. I'll give them or 83. I'll give them 83 wins. Yeah, I feel like they'll finish they'll either finish like a couple games above 500 in like the wild card hunt or they're going to like completely tank in the second half and then probably be more of like a 70 75 win team I feel like if they start selling pieces off cuz I feel like once you get rid of Corbin Burns and if you trade um Adamas and Hoskins that rotation right now has Colin Rea and Joe Ross as at the 4 and the 5 slot which is Really not what you want to see. They signed Colin Ray out of Japan. I'm not familiar with his numbers. Um, I'm more tapped in with the, the Japanese um, the Japanese uh, leagues and stuff. But, like, I, I just didn't really – like, he didn't really catch my radar um, at all. Uh, Joe Ross hasn't pitched in the major leagues for a couple of seasons now. And when he did with Washington, it was, it was really, really bad. Um, so, if, if you get rid of Burns, that team has pretty much nothing left you're throwing depth options at the three and the four, and then you probably have to call someone up um, to fill innings. It's it's going to be a lot very similar to, to the Cardinals last year, actually. Uh, Freddie Peralta is obviously better than, than Miles Michaelis, but you're going to be throwing like 37-year-old Wade Miley um, in big games, and it's just not going to – it's not going to work. Hey, for what it's worth, Wade Miley has bounced all around the NL Central, but he's never been a Cardinal, and he's been pretty productive just about We're everywhere. We're not trading for him. No, I, I I don't really want another another thirty five plus year old veteran arm. Like, can we, we we can we can go on and get someone more exciting, right? Sure. Rich Hill, Rich no. Hill is he signed? He's, is he on a team no, right now? I don't think so. He might just retire. Oh, oh my gosh. goodness! 
are four of the five NL Central teams 80 to 88 win teams? Maybe. Probably. I feel like I think so. The only one that's not is probably Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, but I feel like Pittsburgh got better too. Yeah, but how much better? Not that much better, but like they finished better than us last year. So, you know. So true. It's really, really weird to think about the fact that the Cardinals are coming off of a fifth place finish. And yet, still, according to most outlets, they're the betting favorite in this division. The Cardinals are the odds on favorite. Sports books all around, including Vegas, have them uh, as the betting favorite here. And normally that's a pretty good indicator of how people feel about them. Uh, obviously, you'll have your your hot take artists on MLB Network saying, oh, my gosh, the Reds are the favorite or the, the Cubs. But I think people will put their money uh, where they actually think. And so I think that's why Cardinals are probably still the favorite. But again, it's not a big difference. I think Josh is right. I think you probably have four teams that are all going to finish really close to one another. It's going to be a really fun year in the Central. I'll tell you that. Yeah, um, and that brings us to the Cincinnati Reds, who I'm very scared of this season. Um, and I know um, you're probably not as high on them as me. You're you're really high on the Cardinals. You're you're that's that's what you do, right? Um, so I'm yeah, I'm a homer. I'm a Cardinals fan, but I, I'm not a delusional homer. Okay, I'll admit that Cincinnati has gotten better this offseason and their farm system is really good and they've taken some steps forward over the last couple of years. They've got some guys that scare me. Matt McClain feels like a Cardinals killer. So there's that. Yeah, so this offseason, um, the Reds, they lost Harrison Bader. Oh, no, whatever. He wasn't that much of a contributor for them. They lost Buck Farmer and they declined Joey Votto's club option and he's still out there. I don't really think he's going to be a key contributor even if he goes back to the reds i feel like he's past his prime unfortunately um yeah. but they made a lot of big um well sort of like eh, mid-tier moves uh they signed nick martinez they signed emilio pagan they signed heimer condelario um and they signed frankie montas um so that that bolsters a rotation that was really young and really exciting last year with some veteran presence which is kind of what yeah. they needed um Let's see. They also signed Brent Suter, um, so that'll that'll anchor the bullpen with uh, an older guy um, who who has more experience. I feel like that's kind of what they they needed to be going after. Uh, Candelario's thirty; um, he'll be the oldest guy um, projected in their starting lineup, um, which is pretty scary. Um, that they have so much young talent um, that's going to be here to stay for a long time. Um, but I'm I'm really scared of them. Their their young rotation was really good last year. Did they overperform a little bit? Maybe, um, but Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft at the top of that rotation. If they're healthy, they're going to be really good. Uh, Montas could bounce back. Um, he was a guy that you wanted a lot uh, this offseason. Yeah, I like Montas. Filling yeah. candidate. Um, Abbott was also really good. Um, and Nick Martinez kind of as the swing man um, for, for that rotation. It could get – I feel like – my hot take for, for the NL Central is that it's going to be kind of a two-team race between between the Cardinals um, and the Reds the entire season. I feel like the Reds have a lot of breakout candidates in the lineup. Um, a certain shortstop prospect who we don't really like could figure out how to stop swinging and missing. And then if he, if he connects with the ball more often, he can be really scary because his average exit velocity is among the highest in baseball. Yeah. Um, Noel V. Marte, um, another guy that they got um, in the trade with Seattle, could be really good for them. Um, and Tyler Stevenson, their catcher, uh, has had a lot of in- injury problems, but I feel like if he is healthy, um, he could be one of the better offensive catchers um, 
in all of baseball. So there's just a lot of guys. I look up and down in this lineup. They have Jonathan India, not even like not even in their everyday lineup potentially. Um, right now, Fangrass has him as their DH, but I've heard that they might be looking to move off of him. And he won Rookie of the well, Year yeah. 2021. So um, I'm I don't know. They they have a lot of uh, infield depth. They have a lot of pitching depth. Um, is it all top end? Do they have a Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado? No, not really. Is Hunter Green going to be as good as Sonny Gray? Probably not, but um, they they have it like they just have a lot of options that they can go through. And if one of them hits like Justin Steele did last year for the Cubs, it could be a big problem for us. Yeah, absolutely. Justin Steele. That's that's a fun one that you bring up because he is so good and it's really frustrating. Um, but looking at the Reds, a couple things really jump off the page to me. I think their bullpen is going to be one of the better bullpens in all of baseball, uh, which is a little frustrating because that sucks. It's going to be really hard to uh, come back against them. I'm looking at it right now. And I mean, listen to this. Okay. They've got Alexis Diaz. We all know what he can give you. He's one of probably the five or six best relievers in all of baseball right now. Last year, he recorded almost 40 saves. He had 37 in 67 innings pitched. He had 86 strikeouts, which is really impressive. He has a bit of a walk issue, but like not a big enough deal to really be super concerned about. Uh, 307 ERA though. After him, okay, they signed Emilio Pagan, who was coming off a great season. He had a 299 ERA and 69 innings pitched. Next in the depth chart is Lucas Sims. He had a great season with them, 310 ERA and 61 innings. Uh, gosh. Next up, Sam Mall, who they acquired from Oakland at the deadline. He was great, 3.03 ERA and 62 innings. Oh, they also have Ian Gabo, who they got off waivers a long time ago. 333 ERA and 75 innings. I mean, it's just crazy. Brent Suter, 338 ERA and 69 innings. At the very bottom, Alex Young, a guy who no one has talked about really at all. 386 ERA and 53 innings. And they still have more talent in the minor leagues. So I think this could be the best bullpen in the National League that you're looking at right now. There's not a ton of like sexy names, you know. Um, but these guys, all of them basically threw over 60 innings, some of them up into the mid seventies and they all registered ERAs below about 3.5, which is just crazy. That's so much productivity in one bullpen. Uh, I like the Cardinals bullpen a lot right now. If they were actually like go to pitching, you know, (laughs) no, I like the Cardinals current bullpen is what I'm going to say here. And like, they don't have a lot of guys that could do that. Um, the reds are, are going to be dangerous late in games. There's also the fact that their rotation isn't, I don't know. Oh, okay. TK, that's a really good point. They do play at the Great American Small Park. That's a good point. Um, but I think, I'm not going to say best bullpen in, in the National League, but if you get to the end of the season and this bullpen logs probably like the third or fourth most innings and has a top five ERA, like don't be surprised. There's a lot of talent there. But the rotation, in my opinion, is not as good. And that's a little surprising to people because Hunter Green has for a long time been talked about as this like super prospect. And I don't think he took the meaningful steps forward people really wanted to see out of him last year. Uh, I'm looking at what he did here and it's like, okay, great. Um, I mean, this guy's 25 now, so it's, it's time to get going here. And, you know, he only made 22 starts, gets a lot of strikeouts, but has a bit of a walk problem and had an ERA up near five. I think Ashcraft is is much less interesting than Green, actually. And he had a slightly lower ERA. Andrew Abbott kind of came out of nowhere last year. Um, but then 
faded a little bit. Not really. He was he was pretty good. Nicola Dolo, though, I think is the the most talented of those guys, and he's actually hurt. He's not going to play this year. So I think that's going to be really tough for the Reds. I think that's something that could really hold them back this year. Yeah, I, I know they were in the mix for like Dylan Cease um, at at some points during this offseason. So I think their their management is knows that they're going to be good and contending at some point um, this year. And I mean, if they they were to go out and like land someone on the deadline, I know the Cardinals. The Cardinals are like kind of hesitant to make deadline moves, but I know the like other teams around the Central tend to make like splashy deadline moves. I think they, the Reds did that a couple seasons back um, in 2021, I think when they were trying to make a playoff spot. Um, I think they yeah. had the playoffs only won 17 in a row and then took yeah, it from them, that was awesome. which is pretty funny. But um, yeah, I, I feel like if they, they added like another frontline starter, like say Dylan Cease doesn't get traded this off season and they, they get Dylan Cease at the deadline, um, that would be really, really bad um, for the Cardinals. Cause I feel like they tend to not be as aggressive um, with those kinds of moves. Um, but yeah, it's just scary times uh, to, to be a Cardinals fan um, who, who doesn't really like the Reds. Um, Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, do we want to, do we want to address that? Yeah. Let's, let's address the Ellie De La Cruz stuff. <laughs> what would you like to say about it? Well, I feel like we're going to talk so much about him like this off season. I feel like he might break out. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of oh, scared. Oh, that would be really tough. Okay, so quick backstory on Ellie, right? Like, Ellie comes up, uh, is very exciting, obviously. He's really, really fast. He has crazy exit velocity, uh, insane bat speed. But the problem with Ellie De La Cruz all of last year was that he hits the ball into the ground, and he strikes out a lot. He strikes out like 35% of the time. And I remember this. This is so funny. Ellie comes up. And uh, he's he's mashing. He's got like a 900 OPS in his first few weeks. You had people like Ben Verlander saying that they can't have the All-Star game without Ellie because he's the most exciting player in the world. Uh, and then you have this one guy on Twitter, this like big, you know, sabermetrics guy is like, well, Ellie has a bad attack angle. And people who don't know what attack angle means uh, all of a sudden like started yelling at him. Oh, numbers nerd, like shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. And sure enough, what happens? Ellie starts not getting lucky with balls hit on the ground, grounds out all the time, uh, ends up being like a really unproductive hitter last year. Uh, I believe he finished with like a 710 OPS. So that was really, really not great. Uh, not a great first showing for him. Not what most Reds fans were expecting based on kind of what they were sold hype-wise. But I think you're right. Ellie is a great post-hype sleeper. Um, there's every chance in the world that he starts to elevate more this year. And yeah, if he elevates... He's got a similar bat to ball, you know, profile that Jordan Walker has. Like he's going to make elite contact when he hits the ball. He hits it really hard. We saw Ellie hit balls like 450 feet as a rookie. I mean, how old is this kid? Isn't he like 20? Yeah, he's super young. Um, definitely really scary. But I'll have you know that Jordan Walker doesn't strike out like 35% of the time. Yeah, Jordan Walker has a much better, he has much better plate discipline than Ellie De La Cruz. But like, dude, Ellie De La Cruz was born like six months before me. Okay. This guy's like just turned 22. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is a really impressive player. Uh, and to be so young doing it at the big league level, you know, it's, it could be really scary. And if he breaks out, he could be one of the better players in the national league central. So uh, yeah, the Reds have a lot of guys like that. Will Benson is another one who started to break out a little bit last year. Um, but they also have like Noel V. Marte and Spencer Steer 
And they've got Matt McClain, who I said earlier, I think is a Cardinal killer. It felt like every time Matt McClain came up against the Cardinals, he was doing damage. Um, I think he actually might be the best hitter of this bunch. He was awesome last year. Had he stayed healthy, he would have had a really good shot at at least placing top three in rookie of the year. No one was going to beat out Carroll. Um, but gosh, yeah, the Reds are, are a little scarier than the Brewers, I think. So how many how many wins this this season for the Reds? I don't know. I think the Reds are going to win more games than the Brewers. I think the Reds are like an 86 to 87 win team. But like you said, they could buy at the deadline. And so if the Reds go out and they get a Dylan Cease, like this is a 90 win team with Dylan Cease on it, which is like a little scary to think about. Yeah. So I've actually done my playoff predictions already. So and my oh, final no. standings predictions already. So like I, I know exactly. Like I actually have the Reds that making the playoffs as the third wild card, and I have them at 84 wins. Because oh, no. I feel like that sneaks me into the playoffs in the NL this year. The, the NL is super top heavy. You got the Dodgers, you got the Braves. Those guys are definitely going to win 100 plus games this year when their division is yeah. probably pretty handily. Um, I feel like the Cardinals are going to win the NL Central. I have to because I'm a homer. That's what I do. Um, and then, like the next two wild card spots, kind of the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, and the last team kind of floating around. Like you don't really know who's going to take that spot and i feel like the reds I'm, I'm higher on the reds maybe i'm just being cautiously um cautious um I'm, I'm making a cautious decision with with um by choosing them to to win a lot of games this this season but i feel like um 84 probably gets them in the playoffs um and you know the, the way i have it currently constructed is cardinals reds in the first round um so that's oh that would not be fun <laughs> Although honestly, like it's a better matchup for the Cardinals than drawing the Phillies or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like what you said there. I think the National League is really top heavy. The postseason picture is a little strange this year. You're probably right. You are going to have the Brewers or not the Brewers, the Braves, not the Brewers, the Braves and the Dodgers snap up those two buys. Probably both of them are going to win well over 100 games. I could see the Dodgers winning like 112 at this point. And they're just going to keep on getting better. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think like, again, though, the Reds are one big move away from like actually jumping up to the top of this division. Like if you had to choose between the Cardinals or the Reds plus Dylan Cease, that's that starts to get really tough because now that the Reds have Cease, Martinez can move into that long man role. And we've seen him be very, very valuable there. Uh, and again, like you're getting him or one of your young guys who struggles out of your rotation. There's less uncertainty there. And the Reds have plenty of depth to deal from all of, I mean, they have like, they have like six young guys and it, actually Josh just asked a really good question here. Uh, if you want to put that up, he said, who's your favorite Reds position player, the guy you have the most faith in long-term. I think for me, it's Matt McLean because I think I, the, the I floor is the highest, but again, yeah. like, like the ceiling with Ellie is so high. The ceiling is sky high. You just don't see guys with all those tools reach the big leagues very often. Um, it's so hard. And I would have said India just a few years ago, like Jonathan India was such a stud and now it feels like they might move on from him. Yeah. I think it's Matt McClain. I feel like um, we saw a lot of, of um, his tools last year. He's a very complete hitter already. Yeah. Um, but Ellie De La Cruz, as you said, could pop off and then we're going to start getting memed on TikTok again for all the, the times we, we were um, dunking on Ellie De La Cruz during the off season. So that'll be fun. We'll have Reds fans coming after us instead of Cubs fans. Um, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, one of the differences between McLean and Ellie, I guess, is like McLean's 24 now. So he's a little bit older. 
Uh, he's like two full years older than uh, De La Cruz. But also, McLean is nuts, dude. As a rookie last year, 129 OPS plus, so about 30% better than a league average hitter. And he was worth 3.7 wins, according to a wins above replacement. Like, that's an elite season. Uh, and honestly, like, he didn't even play in that many games, you know? He only got 365 at-bats. This is a guy who, given a full season's worth of at-bats, so somewhere around 600, like, they're projecting that he could have been worth six to six and a half wins, which is absolutely nuts. TK says uh, Encarnacion Strand is pretty underrated. Dude, I haven't um, even thought of CES. Gosh, there's so many. It's really frustrating. That guy mashed in the minor leagues last year. Let me let me pull up his numbers real quick. Andrew, distract them while I'm while I'm Googling this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sandy. Uh what, what's your favorite thing about Ellie De La Cruz? My favorite thing about Ellie De La Cruz is his attack angle. Yeah. Uh, I wish he was I wish he was a little bit more interested even in hitting the ball directly into the ground so that we can throw him out. Also, I love that he throws so hard because all of his records look really impressive and are going to get broken by Mason Lynn. It would be really funny if is if um, Ellie De La Cruz hit like a ground ball right to Mason Wynn um, and then Mason Wynn broke his record by getting him out because he has to throw hard to get him out because he's fast. That would be really cool. Be, all right, listen to this. Listen to what Encarnacion Strand did last year. At the big league level, he was a good hitter, right? He was like a 113 OPS plus hitter. But at AAA last year, in 316 plate appearances, 67 games, dude hit 331, 405 on base, 637 slug for a 1,042 OPS, 177 total bases. So he was averaging almost three bases per game, 20 bombs. So that was a bomb every three games, 62 ribbies, about one RBI per game. Just crazy. Dude was averaging almost one extra base hit per game. Absolutely nuts stuff from him. The crazy thing is the year before that, okay, as a 22-year-old in AA, he also was unreal and had a 1,085 OPS. I mean, he has basically hit at every single level in the minors, has never had a problem, and gets to the majors and instantly in 63 games posts an OPS over 800 as a rookie. So he's another guy that's really interesting. He and McLean both have really high floors. Uh, although I think Strand is the less interesting prospect. I don't know. It's tough. He's one of those guys that has hit at every single level. And so he gets to the big leagues. And like, even though he doesn't have the pedigree of some other prospects, no one's shocked that he's that good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So what do you think the chances are the wet or reds uh, win the NL central this year? Man, I think the, okay. Okay. Let's just organize this into like, all five teams. I think the Pirates, there's literally a 1% chance they win the division. And if this comes back to bite me, it's going to be so embarrassing. But I just, I don't think they can jump four other teams. I think next up. Some three other teams. Remember, they're, they're ahead of the Cardinals. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not dealing with that right now. <laughs> I think, um, I think the uh, Brewers are the next least likely team at this point. Because they just didn't get any better. And a lot of the other teams around the division have gotten better. So I would give the Brewers like a like a ten percent chance probably. I think I think the Cubs are next with like a fifteen percent chance. I think the Reds probably have a twenty five percent chance, maybe maybe even like a thirty percent chance. And that would leave the Cardinals with about a forty to forty five percent chance. I think that that fits pretty well. Maybe give a little bit more to the Cubs and the the Brewers, but 
The Reds right around 30% feels pretty good. So the Reds are, are the team that you're most afraid of as well. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I think they just have the most interesting offensive depth. I think they have the best bullpen of any team in the Central. They don't have a Devin Williams, but they have an Alexis Diaz who might be better right now. Um, and obviously the Brewers don't have Hater. They haven't had him for a while, though, which is so nice because I was – Although, who's Tommy Edmond going to hit walk-offs off of now? Okay, now that he's not a Padre or a Brewer, like, we're not going to – we only play the Astros once a year. Um, He can hit him off of – I don't know. He's got to be a lefty. Yeah. Is it's Alexis be a Diaz left-handed? No, he's a righty. Um, well, I don't I feel know. Like, I feel like Lucas Sims is left-handed. No, he's also a righty. Dude, I don't know. Eminem. Edmund, <laughs> Everyone, gonna be everyone's gonna hit tanks off of imanaga yeah uh oh we'll get to that next week um uh, because what a time to be alive yeah um oh chapman i like that i like that oh hey, chapman I on, on the carrots i forgot about that we'll cover that i was we'll scrolling cover. twitter the other day and i got just like the most electric video of albert pujos hitting an absolute nuke off of chapman in like 2011 and it just made me so happy they called out like a mound visit. Chapman was there. They're like, oh, they're going to calm the young lefty down. And then next pitch, Albert goes like 440 feet uh, directly into the left field bleachers. And they're like, and the Cardinals have the lead. It was wonderful. I miss Albert so much. You know, the, there was an MLB.com bat flips compilation. And like half of the compilation was just off Lance Lynn. All Lance so Lynn. I saw that. So embarrassing. It was all him in a Dodgers uniform, too. Yeah, he was a lot worse with the Dodgers. I think he had a, a much higher home run rate. His peripherals were a lot worse, at least. Yeah, is, his ERA which... somehow dropped like two points, but his peripherals were way worse. Yeah. Typical Do you want to Dodgers. talk about an extension real quick? I wanted to ask one more question, actually. So we just had the Hall of Fame induction, right? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it's a real bummer to me that Gary Sheffield didn't get in. I think he would have been on my ballot, but whatever. There's there's a couple big takeaways, though, here. Mauer getting in on the first ballot, I think, is really good for Yachty long-term. Um, I just wanted to say that, I guess, because I think now there's not going to be, you know, many questions around whether Yachty's a Hall of Famer because I feel like Cardinals fans all seem to agree, but that's because we're Cardinals fans. But the second thing, when I think about the Hall of Fame, I think about guys in the game right now that are definitely going to be Hall of Famers, and Joey Votto comes to mind really quickly. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And obviously he's going to be red. He's been there for 17 seasons. But I saw a report today that said the Reds currently have no plans to bring back Joey Votto. Does he play in 2024? I've heard the Blue Jays thrown out there because he's from Canada. No way. Um, That'd be also, awesome. I've heard the Blue Jays thrown out with like every single free agent this offseason. And we were tracking flights and that none of that ever happened. Um, they, Is they anybody tracking flights from Cincinnati Kevin to Toronto? Probably not. Probably not. Um, but if if it if they do, Joey Votto's probably not on that plane. Yeah. Until John Morrissey tells me that he is. Anyway, um I feel yeah. like Do you Votto, think he'll play I, this Yeah, I think he's made it clear that he has something left in the tank. It would be really odd to see him play somewhere else. Um yeah. I think he got ejected in his last game. So does he was open the season on a one game suspension? I don't know, but I remember that people were like, Votto should pitch to Wayno, and then Votto got ejected, and it just never happened. So, um, I don't know. I feel like he has to play because he shouldn't end his career on an ejection. That would be pretty unfortunate. 
I remember there was one point where we thought Yachty might retire. And but like the last at bat of the season, he like grounded into a triple play. And we we're oh, like, Oh, no, I remember that. Yeah. So like we can't have that. That's that's not um that's not allowed. Horrible. But um, like looking at Vado's numbers, he actually was better this year. So 2022 was really rough for Vado. He had a big injury, only played in 91 games, had a a one or an 89 OPS plus, which is tough because he had such a great year in 2021 um, when it kind of looked like he reinvigorated his career. But last year he jumped that OPS plus up 10 points. So he actually had like a 747 OPS, good for a 99 OPS plus at Great American Small Park. And uh, it was a great season from him. Offensively, he was just about league average, which is awesome for a dude who's 40 now. Uh, I think there's every chance that he plays again this year. And if it's not going to be with Cincinnati, like you said, it's going to be really weird. I mean, could you imagine seeing Joey Votto in a different uniform? And even better, could you imagine if it's like Pittsburgh or something that signs him? Or Kansas City? It would be really funny for him to go to the Angels. Oh, no. Don't do him like that. <laughs> um, no, uh, that's never happening. But I don't know. I feel like he won't, Like most players want to keep playing. I, I heard yeah, someone I say that we should have signed Joey Votto instead of Matt Carpenter as our 26th man. I was like, yeah, we should have. Like, it's a better baseball move, but that was never going to happen. I don't think Joey Votto would ever come to the Cardinals. Um, so, like, you know, to sign a free agent, like the free agent well, has to want to be there first. Like, moreover, for the for the 1,000th time with the Matt Carpenter stuff, like, he's, he's here it's to play. play a very, very minor role. He's the 26th man on the roster. I don't think Joey Votto wants to go somewhere and be the 26th guy on the roster. Like, oh, yeah. would I rather have Joey Votto in that role than Matt Carpenter? Yes, 100%. But – would I rather have Joey Votto playing a lot on this team or like Thomas Sejazi playing a lot on this team? I would much rather have Sejazi, the younger, more exciting player right now. Uh, TK, that's interesting. TK asked, what if he went to the Cubs? That would be so weird. And I think it honestly would not be a bad move for the Cubs, especially if they can't get Bellinger. And we'll be talking about them uh, along with Pittsburgh, who I thought we were previewing today for some reason because, yeah, total uh, brain fog moment. Uh, but we'll be talking about them in the near future as well. So if you enjoy these previews, make sure to be checking our channel because we'll be going deeper into them. And also we'll have Josh back then. Uh, so we'll have our normal three-way banter. Um, also, really quickly, this is kind of unrelated, but Joey Votto makes me think of Clayton Kershaw. Such a weird time. We have these like franchise icons who are suddenly free agents and it doesn't feel like their teams want to bring them back. Like, Does it feel to you like the Dodgers want to bring Clayton Kershaw back? They just signed James Paxton, which exactly. people are getting upset about. People are like, "Oh no, the Dodgers signed James Paxton. They're they're taking all the free." But did you did you really want James Paxton on your team? Like, come on, like no, come on. like it doesn't it's it doesn't help them win more games. Really, like they could have not signed James Paxton, and they probably would have won the same amount of games next year. Like James Paxton is not going to turn the Dodgers from being a super team to being even more of a super team. Like it does, like it just doesn't work like that. So honestly with the Dodgers though, I feel like it's more, it's more about the people get more upset about the fact that the Dodgers turn players into like much better versions of themselves. And it's like, could you imagine James Paxton going to LA and all of a sudden being like a three and a half war pitcher with a three thirty ERA and 180 innings. That would make me so upset. If James Paxton, James Paxton's not throwing a hundred and 
80 innings because he's going to get hurt in May and that's going to be the end of it. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. Like James Paxson was in the meme that we made or on Halloween where it's like, it'd be a spooky way if, if John Moselak signed these guys and James Paxson was one of those guys. And I think Lance Lynn was too, but you know what? We don't talk about that part. Yeah. Lance Lynn's a Cardinal. Now we're excited. We love Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. Uh, I, I actually think the Cardinals have addressed, I think they have addressed, um, their their concerns and i've said that many times so we don't have to get into that uh tk said kershaw doesn't do much for them if he's going to be out till the break you are right and honestly the dodgers don't need those innings out of him but it's just so weird again to like imagine clayton kershaw wearing a uniform that doesn't say los angeles on it or dodgers like it just it doesn't make sense to me um i can't really think of him with another team but it feels like he could be a ranger do you see any other logical landing spots for him i think the cardinals should just go pay him whatever he wants. I know that they would never do that. And it's probably stupid from a baseball perspective, but like a Cardinals Jersey with Kershaw on the back would go so hard. Was it Mookie Betts who, who had this interview with Clayton Kershaw on his podcast? I think so. I think he, he asked him like who the hardest hitters to face are. And yes. Like he gave five guys and two of them were Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. I was like, I'm just saying like, there's this one team that you could go to where you don't have to face two of the five guys that you named. There's no other team that you True. can do that. So like, well, you know, being a Dodger, uh, he doesn't have to face Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman. They weren't on his list. <laughs> or Shohei Otani you know? now. That's true. That's true. Hey, Layton Kershaw picked off Shohei Otani in the all-star game. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> do you remember the John Lester pickoff? Now that we're talking about pickoffs. Of With Tommy Pham. Yes, that was so bad. Oh, oh yeah, he, he did also say Dexter, Dexter Fowler. Fowler. That's crazy. Dexter Fowler was one of those guys because he was also he was in the in the West for a long time. He was on the Rockies. And all I'm saying he is he doesn't have to face Matt Carpenter. Yeah, has Kershaw been their opening day starter every single year for the last like ten years? Probably. He, I mean, he's just he's been so good forever. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say that the reason Kershaw isn't starting opening day this year is because um, uh, they're facing the Cardinals on opening day and because Matt Carpenter is back. It's true, it's true. Kershaw though, like I think he's the best pitcher of this generation. I don't really think there's even an argument. It's like him, Verlander, or Scherzer. They're just so far above everybody else. It's crazy though. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, I think well, that's all for today. Oh yeah, that's right. We do have to cover the Edmund extension. So the Cardinals bought out Edmund's last two years of arbitration for what is it? 12 million a year. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. It was 18. It was like 16 and a half for the last, last two years. Per year or, or total. Total. I think it's 16 and a half. So it's like, I like that or so a year. So that's, that's pretty good. We're locking them in for another um, two years. Don't have to, don't have to worry about going to arbitration with him, which is something that I was like, if we upset Tommy Edmund, who's one of the more valuable like position players yeah. on this team, like what are we doing? Um, we, we upset Jack Flaherty. It didn't go well. We upset Ryan Housley. He got hurt. Um, so, I mean, it's just, just bad luck. Don't do that. Um, yeah. Pay the guys what they want, especially when it was over like what, 400 K. It wasn't, it wasn't over a very, very large amount of money. Like Adolis Garcia. Casey Mize went to yeah. arbitration over like $20,000. Just yeah, it was crazy. 
Uh, hey, Adolis Garcia is going to arbitration with Rangers over like over like three or four million dollars. I think the there's gap no is way he big, wins. So. There's there's no way he wins. Adolis Garcia, as we've said a number of times, is like one of the most overrated players. And I know that I'm a Cardinals fan, and I know that I'm bitter. I'm not pretending that that's not true. But like, I mean, would he on. even make the starting outfield? No. No, I'm not starting him over Lars Newbar. I'm not starting him over Jordan Walker. And yeah, I, I just, I'm, he can't play center. <laughs> so like, what are you doing with him? Even if he was on the Cardinals, like he, you'd get him into the lineup because he is a pretty productive hitter, but I don't know. He's such a, he strikes me as such like a, a fun counting stats guy, but that's about it. Like Harold Baines where he, he'll rack up a lot of RBI, but it's like, okay, he had his best season by far last year and was still just a 123 OPS plus hitter, which is good, but that's not like the superstar people are pretending he is. He's not the best hitter on his team. He's not a top four hitter on his team probably. And when Langford comes up, he's probably not a top five hitter on his team. Now that speaks to the depth of the Rangers, but it also tells you that Adolis Garcia isn't the game-changing superstar people are pretending he is. So does the Edmund extension make it more or less likely they would trade him in the next two years? I don't know whether it makes it more likely. I think it makes him a more attractive piece to teams because there's a lot of certainty around him now. You know what you're going to get with Tommy Edmund. It's like, great, especially if he's playing well. It's like that could become a real bargain for another team. Um, and it's it's a very tradable contract. So if someone took him on at the deadline and things didn't go well, they could very easily move him again in the offseason. Um, it's, it's great. I think it's a really good move for the Cardinals. So – but again, I'm not sure whether I can say it makes it like more likely they move him. But it does prove to me that they wanted certainty. They wanted certainty going into next year. And that makes a lot of sense because of the Diamond Sports Group stuff. I think Amazon bought them out, though. I think that's all done, right? Is, Is it? That... I, I've, I've heard rumblings that it's all done, but I don't really I don't really understand like some of what's going on. It's they're so quiet about it. We don't get to actually see the figures for anybody except the Atlanta Braves. So we can't even really comment on a lot of what's going on. It's a real shame though. I really hope they don't move to that streaming model. Like I was, I was watching replays of Albert Pujols' home runs and uh, two of them were on Peacock. And then the big ones were on Apple TV. And like, that made me so mad. <laughs> like why? I, I hate that, that sports are going that direction. I hate, absolutely hate watching NFL games on Peacock. And the only reason I get to do it is because my roommate has Peacock or else I just wouldn't have been able to watch a postseason game the other day, which is ridiculous. But that's that's a topic for another time. We're getting off the rails here, Sandy. You want to wrap this up? Yeah, we are. Uh, well, well, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Um, obviously, we previewed Milwaukee and Cincinnati, uh, and we'll be doing Pittsburgh and Chicago in the near future. So please be there for that. Um, make sure to like, and subscribe. If you have any questions for us, feel free uh, to comment on anything or reach out over any social media. We're, we're pretty much everywhere now. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys in the near future.